episode 439, Create a Culture of Generosity, with April Sprints. The Awaken Your Alpha podcast, tracking down the finest alpha minds on the planet for you. I'm Adam Lewis Walker, host of the number one men's development podcast that is now a best-selling book, Awaken Your Alpha, Tales and Tactics to Thrive. And it is my mission to share you the real stories, the useful stuff, the juicy stuff, and the reality of what it takes to thrive. Do the little guy a favor, subscribe and review. It'll help get him off my back. This episode is sponsored by the Talk Accelerator. Increase your influence, income, and impact. If you've ever thought or dreamed or wondered what it would be like to do a TEDx talk, you can do that. So head over to talkxcelerator.com. Jump across there and it'll have all the information, case studies, why you might want to do it, all the information around it. And also, if you jump on the green button on there, you can book in a complimentary idea clarity call to speak with me. What is your idea worth sharing? It's time to play a bigger game. It's time to amplify your message and make it happen. Get to the podcast. Hey, just before we start this interview, April is a veteran. And this episode is coming out just as the book Standing O Salute comes out with 100% of the proceeds going to support the Special Operations Warrior Foundation. Now, this book is by Scott McGregor, a collection of essays and features individuals from every branch of the United States military sharing lessons they've learned from influential people in their lives. It's really a book of gratitude and life lessons that is released this week. So I encourage you to go check that out. Go support the veterans. 100% of the proceeds are going to support the Special Operations Warrior Foundation. I appreciate your service. Okay, enjoy the show. This week's all about generosity. We have April Sprints on the line. She has spent two decades driving growth for companies of every kind. Early in her career, she served as a staff sergeant in the Air Force, where she was an executive producer and anchor of Air Force Television News, delivering information daily to a global audience of 75 million people. From there, she entered the corporate world, specializing in sales, operations, and marketing, supporting Fortune 500 clients while earning an MBA from the University of Texas. April's work has generated over $1 billion in combined additional revenue, and today she teaches entrepreneurs and leaders how to accelerate their businesses with a relentless focus on value for the clients they serve. April, are you ready to awaken your alpha today? I am so ready. This is exciting. Awesome. That was, uh, you know, quite an in-depth bio there, but is there anything you'd like to add or highlight? What are you all about at the moment? I'm all about helping other people. I love to tell people, for me, it's about the H's, not the M's, the people help, not the money made. And you told me before the interview, but where are you, touching your origins, like where are you originally from? Where are you speaking to us from today? And, and how did you, obviously, you were in the Air Force. Talk to us a little bit about how you got from A to B as well. Sure. So I'm originally from a tiny town no one has heard of called Saudi Daisy, Tennessee. And then, of course, was in the service and, and lived all over the world in Europe and Asia and lots of those fun places with beaches, but no oceans. And then ended up in Texas and then finally Florida about a decade ago. So today I'm in Palm Beach, Florida, and that's where I'm calling in from. Ah. So was there ever a time when you thought you'd be in the, the, the services it, like for your whole career? Was the, what was the intention going on? And, and how did you find yourself going into the Air Force? Great question. So no, I never thought that I'd be in for my whole career. I ended up going into the service because I came from a family with extremely humble means. And that was a, a way for me to go to college. Mm. And 
they also had a, a job that I really wanted to get experience in. So I thought, okay, I can serve my country and, and accomplish these things as well. And I absolutely loved it. It was such an amazing experience. I don't think I ever would have considered it had I not had the financial hardship that I'd had at the time, mm -hmm. but man, I'd recommend it for everybody. Awesome. And you talk about financial hardship. I mean, when was the time you really had to fight to awaken your alpha over a challenging period or situation uh, when it didn't all go smoothly? Well, even getting into the Air Force was that way because I wanted this specific job and you had to audition to be a broadcaster. And initially, both I and my recruiter were very naive and we recorded that audition on bad equipment but didn't know. So I was simply just rejected. And at this point, I'd made all these changes in my life and I was ready to go and I can't do the job I wanted to do. So after throwing myself, I think about a three day pity party, it was pretty bad. <laughs> I, I just decided, you know what, come hell or high water, I'm going to go. I've got to figure out how and enlisted a, a bunch of different folks to help me. And in doing that, found out, oh, gosh, you did that audition on, you know, a bad set of environment and how we recorded it etc and did it again and this was over like a three or four month period but it was for me the first time in my life i had really legitimately just fallen on my face mm. and it was really a great thing because without that experience i think other things that happened in life would have been a lot tougher for me and having gone through that and changed everything in my life to go into the Air Force, but then being told, no, we don't want you. And then saying, you know what? No, I can convince you. And my entire career has kind of gone that way ever since. Usually people's first answer is no. And then I can convince them that it would be a good idea. And how early on in your Air Force career was that? And how, how long were you in there as well? So that was literally even before I had joined. So I was 18 okay. When that happened, and I was in the Air Force for about seven years. When you was, you was trying to obviously get that role as the anchor going into it, so if you hadn't got that, how did it work? Did you have to commit to the Air Force, and then you was going to try and your get see what role you got, or was it kind of both at the same time then? So you could commit to the Air Force and see what kind of role you got, but I wasn't that type of person. I was very committed to what I wanted to do. Yeah very broadcasting or bust. So I, the reason I hadn't even gone in yet is I wanted a guaranteed contract that said, I'm going to be working in broadcasting or I'm not going to be in. Ah, interesting approach. I love the, you know, the clarity that that's what you was going after as well. That's very cool. Yeah. They wanted me to go into the office of special investigations. Cause at the time I had been working for a private investigator doing pre background checks. And I can remember literally writing on a sheet of paper and holding it up in front of the recruiter when he kept trying to convince me and it said broadcasting or bust. <laughs> <laughs> so how was that decision to get out of the military? Like, did, was it, I mean, was it a tough decision or was it pretty obvious that the time was right? You kind of, you've gone through that journey and it's time to move on. So for me, it was obvious and it isn't for everyone. And I'm all about movement and what is the next thing and what is the next opportunity to learn and grow. And I was extremely blessed. I got to anchor that Air Force television news show much earlier in my career than was typical. And so I was at this point where I'd done what was the pinnacle other than managing a television news station overseas. But from the Air Force's standpoint, I was too young and too low ranking. So they said, you're going to have to just kind of bide your time for the next three to four years, which, as you know, to an alpha is that's worse than death. <laughs> so for me, I was like, no, this is not going to work. I can't 
wait to go learn more and become more. So it became just the next logical choice for me to go ahead and get out and go into the corporate world. And uh, this is my Yoda question. Who helped awaken your alpha? Who either inspired you from afar? Was there anyone who you thought actually that's kind of someone to either be a role model or even someone closer to home has said the right thing at the right time? Oh, you know, I have a very powerful origin story. It happened when I was nine years old that someone did that. And I talked about coming from a family of humble means. And I, I just came from a place where people didn't dream big. They didn't think that that was possible. And I was always pushing up against that when I was young. And then I met a very successful woman in business who was actually the head of HR, who was helping my mother go to rehab. And she came to our home and said, you know, April, you're special and you can do all of the things that you think you can. And, and I want to be your friend and I want to help you. And from that moment, that belief, she was that one true believer. And I thought, if this successful woman sees what I think I can do and, and sees that that's possible, then nothing can stop me. And from then on, nothing did. And what is the generosity culture to you? What does that mean? And I know we're going to be talking about that. And you've you know, you've got a few books coming out and one of them is the generosity culture. So talk to us about that concept. So the generosity culture is something that I've developed and it's the principle of pouring into both your people and your clients and then your community, because it is just a, a wonderful symbiotic way of building things up. And I talked about that woman, Sue Harper. She really demonstrated that type of generosity for me very early on. And what I found as I went into the military and the corporate world, this idea of pouring into people and things with your time, because when you say generosity, people always think that you want their pocketbook. I want something way more valuable than that. I want you, I want your time. Because when you put it into those three areas of a company and a community, the type of growth and loyalty and just expansion that you get is found nowhere else. You said you got a couple of books coming out and with the order, I know you do some other things. Talk to us about what you're up to at the moment. Sure. So I actually have a book that's coming out uh, November 11th on Veterans Day. I was asked to be part of an anthology. It's called Standing O Salute. It is really amazing. It is a ton of veterans, special operations veterans, folks like myself. I'll be honest with you, I am the least interesting person in that entire book. So <laughs> Definitely worth checking out. And 100% of the proceeds from the book go to benefit the Special Operations Warrior Fund, which both helps special operations, military folks in all branches of the service that have been disabled or, or hurt in combat, and, and also their children. For those folks that gave the, the largest sacrifice possible, it makes sure that their kids still have a way to go to college and have that support. So that's really near and dear to my heart. Then later this winter, I have a book out coming out called Magic Blue Rocks uh, based on the story of, of me coloring rocks blue and selling them as a business when I was six. But <laughs> the premise of the book is to inspire folks to understand that anything that you want to do is possible. It would not even occur to you if it wasn't possible. And it's a bunch of short stories that just show folks, look, I am no smarter, no more talented than anyone. All I did was believe. And so if they do that as well, there's no limit to what they can do. And when it comes to the generosity culture, I wonder if you wanted to break down, you know, more the, the, the processes in the book or how you think people can apply that into their everyday lives. I know you said more time, you know, give time right. is a good thing. 
Yeah, absolutely. So here's an example of pouring into your people. So in my business, I tend to come in as an outsider. So it's easier for me to really take that time and learn about folks. When it comes to pouring into your people, it's really those conversations that don't have anything to do with their deliverables or their current role. It's more about who they are, where they want to go, what's important to them. When you have those types of conversations with your people, you will uncover hidden gems. One example is a, a software company that I worked with. And in, in doing this, I found a low-level accounting employee that was low-level but very high competency that we ended up very quickly promoting to the director of operations because she understood everything that was going on in the company, all of it logistically, everything with the clients. And in just a few short months after doing that, they were experiencing exponential growth. I mean, that's a software company. That's what they're supposed to do anyway. But by finding that person, they were able to do it much faster with resources they already had. And each and every one of us in our companies, we have those folks, but we're not always investing our time to uncover and empower those people. And you said this company brought you in. I mean, what are they bringing you in for in their minds? And is it always the same thing? Or like, like how would you kind of pitch it to a company or someone who's looking for you know, some help in these areas? Absolutely. So they're usually bringing me in for one of a couple reasons. Number one, they just want to increase revenue. And what's interesting is the generosity culture feels like a long game to increase revenue because you're really addressing it from a cultural perspective with everything. But what's amazing about it is how quickly the results start to manifest, not only in increased revenue, but in your prospects and, and clients wanting to come to you to work with you. It just really starts to create this really neat cycle of things coming back and forth. And then others are going to hire me if, let's say, for example, they're in a small to medium-sized business, they maybe just purchase the business, and they know that there is a culture there, but it is not a culture of innovation and empowerment that will help them scale as quickly as they want to. And so they would bring someone like me in because I can come in and very quickly help develop up and build some of that infrastructure and then step out and just watch them succeed and i suppose in the, in them early days when you get into a company you said about asking questions i mean what are some of the for people listening as well what are some of the things they could potentially do themselves or just at least be mindful of when in terms of trying to bring more of a generosity culture into their business Absolutely. So on my website, I actually have a lot of resources that I give to folks. And one of the things is I've written up five different ways that you can invest in your people and really just, and it again, just takes time and the, the mindfulness to do it. And I'm happy for anyone to go and, and download those because I want as many people as possible to do this because ultimately that's what's going to make every company a better place for every person that's there and just that incredible impact far beyond just the revenue. Okay. Um, would you be, would you want to share a couple of them with us? Obviously, oh, sure. in case someone ever got a chance to get over there. Yeah. So here's a good example. A lot of times when we have someone who is a real A player in our organization, we can tend to want them to stay exactly where they are, contributing exactly the way that they have been because it helps and we feel like that's the way that we're successful. But the truth is you need to be willing to let them move. Move whether that's in your company to a different area of responsibility to learn more and do more 
or move because that means that they want to go even beyond where you are and, and really be extremely successful. Because we talked about it a little earlier, for someone who is really that A player, that growth and that movement is so vitally important. And this is where you're being generous. It's I care more about your ultimate ultimate success than my short-term goal. Now, what's interesting, we talked about the cyclical nature and how things will come to you. If you treat your people that way and whether they go to another division in your company or they go to another company, you're going to have a much easier time recruiting top talent because like attracts like. They're gonna be around the best people and they're gonna be sharing a story that's unlike most companies out there, which is my success was more important to my leadership than even the contribution I could make in this specific role. Awesome. And I saw something on your website that I liked as well, sort of the three simple business values that make or break your bottom line. And you may have covered aspects of it already, but I mean, could you just talk to us about them three? Absolutely. So teamwork is super important. I think that that's something that it almost sounds so cliche, right? Like oh, teamwork, but we just talked about it. And teamwork means that what we do together as a group and the way that we're working together is more important than any individual thing. And we're all coming at it from a really amazing place. And another is just empowerment. And you see this all the time where you don't always have leaders in an organization. You have a lot of managers. And the difference is that managers do not empower. They don't say, this is what I need to get done. It doesn't matter how it happens. I just want you to do it in the best way that has the best outcome, which is something that, again, gives people that feeling of being just pulled out of bed and wanting to come to work because they're excited. They have that buy-in and they have that ownership of whatever it is that they're doing within the company. And we're going to move into the alpha round now. And I'd like to start that off with, is there a particular quote that either kind of sums up your approach to life or just a favorite all-time quote, the sort of one you might have up on your office wall? Does anything spring to mind? Oh, so I love, I love any and all quotes. So this is a tough one, but I will say nothing is impossible. The word itself says I'm possible. Ah, I've heard that before. Do you know who that's by? That's kind of quote. I think off the top of my head, that might be Audrey Hepburn, believe it or not. Ah, it's a good one. It's a good one. And when it comes to an impactful book, is there any book that you just like read at the right time or just an all-time favorite one, the sort of one you'd like to recommend? 100%. The Go-Giver by Bob Berg and John David Mann. Ah, amazing book. And it's sold almost a million copies because it has been so impactful to individuals. And I love it because it is literally the personal individual view of building a generosity culture. So whether you work in one or not, it can make you exceedingly successful by offering value to other people. Are there any resources um, that you use in your everyday life? And it could be linked to what we've been talking about already, or it could be because could be, you know, techie resources or just anything really, you know, anything that you use in your day life that I'm sure you'd deal with it if you didn't have it, but if you took it away, you're like, damn, I like that. Any resources that you use and you might use common ones, but in a different way. So for me, 100% it would be anything to do with mindset. So you hear all the time really successful people with these long morning routines that mm -hmm. seem intimidating to folks. I'll tell you that 
I do 30 seconds of mindset work every morning, literally just 30 seconds. And if you do that for a month, it will change your life. And it is nothing more than the moment you wake up before you do emails or phones or any conversation, you just sit there and list all the things that you appreciate about your life and all the things that you're excited about. The momentum that that will start for your day. Again, if you do that for 30 days and literally track it, guarantee you your life will be different in that short period of time from your network and when you think of awaken your alpha who springs to mind whether they could be a great interview or just someone from your point of view you think actually they're you know they've really got a lot of value and they really okay. represent awaken your alpha a gentleman by the name of scott mcgregor and he's actually the person that organized this anthology of, of standing O salute but he is just an unbelievable person who seems to awaken the alpha in everyone awesome and if people want to continue the conversation with you what's the best way they connect and follow up uh so i'd love anyone to connect with me on linkedin i put a, a lot of content out there daily and i'd love to get to know them they can also go to my website there are a lot of free resources and that's drivenoutcomes.com cool and when it comes to driven outcomes this generosity culture is there any i suppose almost I wouldn't say mistakes, but ways you feel like people, their heart's in the right place and you feel like they maybe get it wrong or they could just be a little bit more efficient. You've got any sort of common mistakes or approaches that are not as maybe efficient and as effective as what you preach? I think that anytime people get focused on just the bottom line or just growth at any cost, they're always making a mistake because that has a negative impact on their employees, their clients, everyone. So especially in this pandemic, right, it really paused people or they cut back. And it was a time when really reaching out and offering to help whether it's within your organization or your clients, those are the folks that we saw that were succeeding despite the odds and despite what was happening. But the folks that were really bottom line focused and had more of a scarcity mindset, they just made so many missteps that it's going to take them time to recover from. Mm -hmm. And what's the one question you thought I'd have asked by now, but and I, you feel like I've missed a trick. You really thought, you know, it's something you want to cover in this interview. Uh, I really thought you would have asked, why would you want to talk to me? Why were you drawn to awaken your alpha? <laughs> well, what a great question. Why? Why were you drawn to this podcast? Well, I was drawn to it because I think, man, this is something that I wish that I'd listened to when I was much younger. And while I think in some ways it may have felt like it was geared more towards men, I think we all have an alpha inside of us and we are all much more powerful than we realize. So having a resource like your podcast would be great for anybody. And what does the future hold for you? What's next? future holds so much. I am really just focusing on work with clients and trying to make my impact as large as possible, especially for those people that might feel like they can't have someone like me to help enable them. I want to find ways that I can reach and help those folks in any way I can. One of the things about the generosity culture that I always find interesting and I really respect when someone brings it up is candidly, it sounds like a fruitful idea that's too good to be true. And it's like, well, that's great, but we have a real business and we have real things that we need to do. What's so interesting is while it is this hugely counterintuitive idea, if you look at the most successful businesses around the world and you start looking at it through a lens of what are they doing that's generous with their time, with their help, with the way they treat their people, you'll find that the people you really admire are already doing this and you should be too. 
Well, April, it's been an absolute pleasure today. Thank you so much for the time. Absolutely. I appreciate it. This episode is coming out just as the book Standing O Salute comes out with 100% of the proceeds going to support the Special Operations Warrior Foundation. Now, this book is by Scott McGregor, a collection of essays and features individuals from every branch of the United States military sharing lessons they've learned from influential people in their lives. It's really a book of gratitude and life lessons that is released this week. So I encourage you to go check that out. Go support the veterans. 100% of the proceeds are going to support the Special Operations Warrior Foundation. I appreciate your service. The Awaken Your Alpha podcast, tracking down the finest alpha minds on the planet for you. Please do subscribe, reach out, connect, pick up a copy of Awaken Your Alpha, Thousand Tactics to Thrive, available on Amazon. This episode is sponsored by the Talk Accelerator. Increase your influence, income, and impact. If you've ever thought or dreamed or wondered what it would be like to do a TEDx talk, you can do that. So head over to TalkX. C-E-L-E-R-A-T-O-R dot com. Jump across there and it'll have all the information, case studies, why you might want to do it, all the information around it. And also, if you jump on the green button on there, you can book in a complimentary idea clarity call to speak with me. What is your idea worth sharing? It's time to play a bigger game. It's time to amplify your message and make it happen. Do the little guy a favor. Subscribe and review. It'll help get him off my bag.